she often guilted me talking about how there were one pair of shoes that her uncle had brought to her from England and you know when the shoes didn't fit anymore they had to cut out the back. Welcome to Strictly Facts, a guide to Caribbean history and culture, hosted by me, Alexandria Miller. Strictly Facts teaches the history, politics, and activism of the Caribbean and connects these themes to contemporary music and popular culture. Wagwan, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of Strictly Facts, a guide to Caribbean history and culture. We are your very own virtual history lesson to all things Caribbean history. My name is Alexandria Miller, and I am so excited to be your host. Today's topic is inspired by none other than my family, and that is the Caribbean oral history tradition. I feel like this is something we talk about, but we don't necessarily frame it in this way per se. But I grew up listening to my parents' stories about their childhoods. Um, most of the time, you know, as somebody whose family was born in Jamaica and having been born in the U.S., it was mostly in the context to scold me for, you know, wanting the latest this or that. I Well, I guess iPhones are recent, but you get what I'm saying. But these stories were impactful in a lot of ways even more so as I grew up um so the stories of how far our parents may have walked to school or the number of shoes that they didn't have or you know the shoes that they may have shared with siblings um as a kid I rolled my eyes at some of those lessons but it wasn't until much later that I realized how essential these stories are to my family's generational history and you know my own history who I am and who I'm becoming more importantly, those stories taught me about the ancestors that I never had a chance to meet, like Lydia Wright Mackenzie, my mother's paternal grandmother, who even as a single parent managed to send all 10 of her children abroad. These stories have taught me how to cure ailments and fix everyday household problems, like my maternal grandmother, Louise Farron Mackenzie, who had a special mixture to get rid of bed bugs, you know, family secret. I can't share the details. Um, but best of all, these stories also taught me that I come from a fierce line of strong-minded Talawa women who are always in radical pursuit of their dreams and who strengthen me as I pursue my own ambitions. To give some background on the oral storytelling tradition, they are popular across the African diaspora, but you know, here on Strictly Facts, we're focused on the Caribbean. Oral histories are just what they sound like. They can be personal stories told orally um, that are, you know, maybe originally start as firsthand accounts, but then they're also passed down from generation to generation. On one hand, they are important disseminators of knowledge when issues of literacy is, exist, but more importantly, oral histories are powerful entries into our family's past, ancestral knowledge, and even folklore. And, you know, different from written text, you feel the story come alive when somebody um, is telling it to you. And, you know, it, you may even want to call it a performance. I I often think back to wanting new shoes and how much of a challenge that was for me, but maybe more so for my mom um, and how she often guilted me talking about how there were one pair of shoes that her uncle had brought to her from his brief stay in England. and. You know, when the shoes didn't fit anymore, they had to cut out the back. 
um, and turn it into almost like a slip buzz so she could wear it. And it was no longer a closed toe, closed back shoe. It was now sandals. But, you know, that those things don't get come across the same way when you read them. Um, it's more powerful when through this oral storytelling tradition. And so, you know, saying that being said, think back to your favorite story passed down through generations and feel free to send us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, so you can go to strictlyfactspod.com, um, click the button to send a SpeakPipe message. And it's just like sending a voicemail um, and you can share your own family stories with us. Beyond family stories, folklore and fables are also a part of the oral storytelling tradition. They not only commonly have a lesson or moral affixed to them, but they are gateways into our past. How the originators of the story lived and even what sometimes what they believe. Some of the most renowned Caribbean symbols of folklore is Anansi the Spider, whose stories of wisdom and trickery were transported to the Caribbean via the Akan people from West Africa, um, and that's now modern-day Ghana and the Ivory Coast. Our oral culture tells us a lot about who we are, and you know a lot of that has been preserved through our storytellers. Like Jamaica's own Louise Bennett Coverley, affectionately known as Miss Lou, she memorialized our folklore and the existences of everyday Jamaicans in her writing and performances. She is one of the earliest advocates for the legitimacy of Patois as a national language. Using Miss Lou as an example, we see our even our historical and societal progression as conversations about how our Creoles um, are prominent today. So, you know, in Miss Lou's case, she was one of the first at a very colonial time in Jamaica's history to be using Patwa um, in her work, in her performances. And, you know, obviously at the time that was looked down upon. But now as a nation today, we're having more important conversations on the impact of languages. So, you know, from Miss Lou's oral storytelling traditions um, and her work, we just we can see just how far Jamaica has come today in talking about the impact of Patwa and language. Our memoirs may not be in traditional books, um, but that doesn't make them any less important. Take Grenadian-born Calypso artist Brother Valentino, who documents the Black Power Revolution in Trinidad in his song, The Roaring Seventies. These remnants of who we are live on today, whether that's in the origins of steel pen to the beginnings of the bandana cloth. We continue to evolve from and rejoice in these legacies. It is through our music, our chants, our proverbs, and even our clothing that we know who we are and where we came from. For a number of reasons, our stories from our perspectives have been overlooked in the history books of our islands. Instead, they show up in these stories, in the secret family recipes, in our music, and even in our names. We are the archives and the textbooks we've been waiting for. I say all this to lead you to understand my why for creating Strictly Facts. Many of us have heard these stories before, but as our relatives age and as some academic works become more and more inaccessible, we continue to collect and pass down these stories, especially in the world we live in today. So think of Strictly Facts as a combination of sitting on your granny's veranda, reading your history textbook, and holding a vibe to the depths of our rich Caribbean culture. We are just getting started. Give thanks. You can find more information about the number of people we talked about in this episode via our syllabus on our website. Uh, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms 
We are Strictly Facts Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Strictly Facts PD on Twitter. Make sure you like, comment, share, um, and leave us a review if you enjoyed. And if you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, feel free to send us a message. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Strictly Facts. Visit strictlyfactspodcast.com for more information from each episode. Follow us on Strictly Facts Pod on Instagram and Facebook and Strictly Facts PD on Twitter.